This episode is brought to you by Bannisters Hotels. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Welcome back, lovely neighborhood, and very big hugs to my fellow Victorians as some restrictions finally start to meaningfully lift this week for the first time in so long. I've completely forgotten how to be a normal human being, but I'm so excited to get back into it. This show has been such a grounding force, marking the passing of each week despite the roller coaster that's been going on between every episode. So thank you so much again for giving me a reason to do it. I can safely say you've kept me sane this year. <laughs> As you know, this week we've got another Q&A episode to mark our first anniversary as Mr. and Mrs. Davidson. I actually just went back and listened to the one we did a few days before the wedding last year, and I'm so glad we did that because it was so nice to have a record of how we felt in the days leading up to it, how excited and nervous we were. But it was, yeah, really nice to have a record to compare to how we felt then to how we felt now. Have a little listen. So we're getting married this Friday, the 25th of October, which is the weekend of our 10-year anniversary. Two sleeps out, that's it. Oh my gosh. Still time for me to pull out. Oh, oh my God, he's literally been saying that for like 10 years now. As you can imagine, since then, it hasn't quite been the first year of marriage we envisioned, but it's been wonderful for so many other reasons, many of which I hadn't reflected on properly at all until we recorded this. So thank you so much again for being so interested and submitting your questions that were so thought out and really gave us a reason to sit down and say some really nice things about each other, even though we spend a lot of time bagging each other out. <laughs> we squeezed in as many of your questions as we could. As open as we are about many things, we're actually quite quite private about many other things. And I'm surprised Nick opened up as much as he did. Even I heard things I haven't heard before, which was lovely. So thank you guys so much for sparking this conversation. Of course, the pace is a little different to usual without our regular sections. And I think we both forgot we were recording a few times. So when I say sometimes podcasts are just like being a fly on the wall, you'll literally cop a lot of stuff that's totally irrelevant and just a couple having a chat. So sorry about anything irrelevant. And sorry also for anything that is a major overshare. I've noticed I get a little vulnerability hangover after these Q&A episodes without the buffer of a new guest story. So I feel like I want to continually apologize for how much of a goober I am, but I'll stop now before I make it any worse. Hope you guys enjoy and have a little giggle along the way. Mr. Davidson, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, long time listener, third time caller. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, you're such a dork. Buckle in, guys. You're in for a bumpy ride. <laughs> Welcome to our anniversary episode. Happy first anniversary. Happy anniversary. One year of marriage, 11 years of uh, relationship. 
<laughs> that nearly was way too long a pause. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to do it again. <laughs> I just went back and listened to the episode we did a couple of days before we got married, which was lovely to hear how nervous and excited we were. But also I realized one of our major love languages is just bagging each other out. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't know, I feel like you wouldn't know how much we actually love each other. So it's been lovely to have a reason to come back a year later and reflect on our first year of marriage and how wonderful it's been, even though, of course, it's been nothing like we expected it to be. It's a bit weird. <laughs> and thank you guys so much for your questions. We've had so many submitted and I actually love these Q&A episodes, as nervous as they make me sometimes, because <laughs> mm. I feel like it makes us reflect as well on things that, you know, we don't really stop and, and sort of have conversations about. So mm. thank you guys so much again for giving us the occasion to sit down and reflect on our first year together. First question from Mrs. Jen Lucas and Natty H77. What was your favorite moment from the wedding day? And I'm sure you guys can all tell from how much we've been spamming you that we had the best day of our whole lives. <laughs> Ooh, it's a tough one. I like obviously watching you walk down the aisle was pretty amazing when I first saw you dress and stuff like that. Oh, I remember the look on your face. I've never seen you look like that. It was so beautiful. <laughs> but also my brother was bawling his eyes out all the way down the aisle. He walked me down the aisle, guys. And from the very moment that we stepped into the like the area with the aisle, he started crying his eyes out. And he does not <laughs> cry, but it was so sweet. <laughs> Seeing Paul come down the aisle was also yeah oh my gosh I think we mentioned in the episode last year we couldn't get married without involving Paul so he was our ring bearer and he did not disappoint in his little tuxedo <laughs> the ceremony part's kind of a blur I kind of just watched that on the video rather than lived it yeah me too that's so weird um, loved the speeches it was beautiful and it was very difficult to find one particular moment. It was just a beautiful day. Such a perfect day. We've been reliving it so much, watching the video over and over for our anniversary. And mm. I think my favourite memory, also so hard to pick, but I think it would be the same as yours. When I first saw you, we stayed separately the night before. So I hadn't seen you in 24, maybe even 48 hours because your bridal party, your groomsmen had flown in from everywhere and so had my bridesmaids. So when I first saw you, Firstly, you were so nervous. I've never seen you nervous like that. I don't think ever. <laughs> and it was just so special seeing your face, but also looking around and seeing all our favorite people in one room, mm. all of them pretty much crying. It was just so surreal. And I have goosebumps actually just thinking about it. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, because we have so many friends from different countries and stuff like that, seeing all of those people in the one place, I don't think we've ever had anything near having them in the same place before. Yeah, and it was so lovely when they all knew of each other, but some of them hadn't met before. So seeing everyone mingling and talking, it was just so, so beautiful and so filled with love. <laughs> Another one of my favourite moments was our wedding dance. We'd been <laughs> practising, gosh, for what, like six months with our choreographer? We had our dear friend Jared Byrne, who is absolutely incredible, one Dancing with the Stars last year. He choreographed this amazing dance and we'd been practising, yeah, do you think it was six months? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so after practicing for so long, it was just so special to actually do it. And it was to the song, I Love You Baby. So it was just so lovely. Everyone was singing and dancing and clapping and it was just so much fun. The photos all, we have our mouths wide open. We're just having the best time of our lives, except when you messed up that end bit. Well, you, weren't, you weren't in the right position. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> 
Next question. Cannot think of a username right now asked if there's a moment from that night that we would want to relive. That is a great username. It is a great username. Uh, I would want to relive, I think, the ceremony. Like we said before, because it was such a blur, we were so nervous and excited that, yeah, I think a lot of the moments that we remember because we watched them in the videos. And yeah, and the video was incredible, so we were lucky there. They were amazing, Moon and Bat Co. guys. If anyone is looking for a wedding videographer, I can't recommend them more highly. <laughs> and another one of my favourite moments that I just remembered was when we got home after the wedding, we stayed at Crown for a couple of nights because we weren't doing a honeymoon. We just had a few nights together in a hotel. And when we got back, we stayed in our clothes. I was in my dress, Nick was in his tux, and we just spent two hours staying up and watching everyone's videos. Yeah, it was a good story. And there was so many moments that we weren't there for and we didn't see because, you know, you go off and you take photos and you mm. don't get to see what everyone is doing and who's talking to who and who's making friends. And, yeah. you know, it was just, it was so lovely to go through and watch what everyone else experienced from the wedding. It was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Culinary Cupcakes asked who made my dress. It was the incredible Palace Couture who made it from scratch over the six to eight months beforehand. There's actually a video video on Instagram that shows the whole process from like bare fabric to choosing the lace and then yeah getting it all ready it's so cool watching it come to life I've never had anything made custom as you guys know I'm not really a fashionista but I felt like our wedding was the right occasion and I felt like an absolute princess what did you think of it Nick I don't think I've actually asked you that I'm joking. You looked fucking incredible. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> you and those pauses. I was hoping for a pink tutu, but. Um... <laughs> I mean, that was my first choice, but I just thought. You didn't want to you know... clash with my pink tutu. <laughs> it was lucky because I was going to wear the same thing. I was going to wear a white corset too, and I'm just so lucky I didn't. I was this close. <laughs> The Raf God asked one song that you would have added to the wedding dance list and why. I think our playlist was pretty good. No, we had a belter of a playlist. I think you should share it in the in the episode notes. Oh, that's a good idea. I, I don't think there were. <laughs> Guys, you see what I put up with? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't think there were any songs that we didn't include. We also had some pretty awesome DJs and uh, people around that do know how to play decent music. We did indeed. We had Duchess Kay as our DJ. She was absolutely amazing. And that was so two of our dear friends who were also DJs, Andy Murphy and Khan Ong, didn't have to work on the night, but they could if they wanted. And then they ended up getting on the decks anyway. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, Khan and Andy are amazing. They're two very, very close friends. And we just didn't want them to have to feel like they had to play on the wedding day. They wanted to jump up and play. They could. The moment they got a chance, they're up there. Yeah, always the life of the party. <laughs> the Raf God also asked, how would you describe your married life so far? Easy. Hmm, I think so too. Like it's just easy. It's just natural. I think everything changed but nothing changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I totally agree. Everyone's like, it's exactly the same, nothing changes, which it is day to day, it is the same, but something overall changes. Like it's also not the same at all. I don't know. It's like you don't think there's another level after, you know, yeah. 10 years. It's a lot more calm. I think there's like a calmness and like not that anything I've ever done has been calm, but like <laughs> I, <know. It's> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like. I definitely don't think anyone would describe either of us as a couple as calm and I worry about our poor kids. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely been unexpected. It's not the first 12 months that we thought would happen. That's obviously not what ended up happening because of COVID, but it's involved more domestic time than we usually would have had, which I actually think has been really nice. Yeah, way more. And I mean, our first year of marriage actually wouldn't have been that ideal. I mean, I would have been in Europe for six weeks without you for work and um, back and forth to the States and stuff. And don't get me wrong, that we would have, we, and we would have spent a lot of time in Europe together for work and all that other, and weddings and stuff. And that would have been lovely, but I think I would definitely have chosen being locked down with you for the first 12 months of marriage has been lovely. Mm, it has been really nice. I don't think we've had this much time just pottering at home together in years. I mean, we've been spending weekends just doing crosswords and kind of starting to, to paint the house ourselves and gardening and, and building stuff. Like that's actually been a really, really nice change to the pace of our lives for the past couple of years that mm. I know we definitely wouldn't have made time for otherwise, uh, which has been, yeah, I think it's been lovely. Lovely. Mm. Next question, Vivian Huynh, do you guys plan on doing any sort of annual traditions to celebrate your wedding anniversary? Yeah, I mean, I plan to be away from you every time. <laughs> <laughs> See, oh my God, I feel like if people don't understand that this is our sense of humour, they'll just be like, what is wrong with this marriage? We're <laughs> um, very interesting. I mean, Sarah is not someone that needs like fancy things and stuff like that. And even like fancy restaurants, we tend to go to the same ones and enjoy the same thing. So I'd assume that we'd, we'd probably just go on a little trip every time, I think, because that's kind of what we enjoy doing. And, and that sounds quite indulgent, but it doesn't need to be the Maldives. It could be country Victoria or Stakey or a crappy motel in Ocean Grove or something. I don't know. I don't know what word else that's saying. <laughs> I feel like you lost interest halfway through the answer. Like, but more so it's a case of uh, I think we're more, I don't know, like experience-based, something just getting away and spending some time together. So, yeah, that's so true. Our main way of celebrating anything until this year really has been travel and adventure. And, you know, you're right, just even a road trip, somewhere local, it doesn't have to be a big overseas trip. It's just because we work and live at home together in the same place, our main way to sort of acknowledge a difference in our mindset is to physically change where we are. Change and I found that really hard this year because it's such a port, like it's such an important part of how we make boundaries. And we've just spent years trying to build those boundaries. And that's actually a question we've had that has come up lots of times, which we'll come to. Heaps of people asked how we separate that working relationship from our personal life. And the main way is, is to physically remove ourselves. Mm. So it's been hard this year to not be able to do that. And because we haven't really had anything else to do other than be at home where we work, we've just kept working. And I think, yeah, our, our boundaries have really been <laughs> blurred this year and we've worked a little bit too much, but, mm. uh, you know, I, we've been privileged to have work at all this year. <laughs> Next question, which also comes up all the time, GRCEPC asked, is pregnancy on the cards? Nick, are you planning to get pregnant I'm anytime bloated. soon? I'm bloated. I'm just bloated. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yes, but, I mean, it's it's got to be the right timing and I don't think as much as some of our amazing friends have COVID babies um, or having COVID babies, it's not what I wanted to do. Yeah, I think because we had otherwise planned to start trying this year, but before we'd actually started, COVID happened, we had a little bit more control over then sort of 
our planning, like a, a time frame. I mean, you obviously you don't choose the time and lots of other factors are involved, but mm. a lot of our friends who have had COVID babies started trying before the pandemic. So yeah, they sure. you know have had less control over that. But I think, yeah, for us what is quite interesting is we were planning on having a few things ticked off prior to prior to it. And I think COVID or, or kind of made the things that we were wanting to tick off a little bit redundant. Like I don't necessarily need the things that we wanted initially like our big thing was our honeymoon right yeah we had a big trip planned that was sort of not very newborn friendly and and quite adventurous and um i think that was one thing we wanted to to tick off but obviously now uh that's been pushed out a little bit but we definitely want to have kids at some point and i I think we've both Mm. we had that conversation really early Mm. um we're also quite open to sort of lots of different ways of, of building a family. As you all know, I'm adopted and, and Nick's mum is also adopted. She was the first Asian adopted into Australia, which is such an interesting coincidence. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we're we're very keen to start a family in uh, whatever whatever form that takes. We'll see what happens. Yeah. MV Media Lab, one of our dear friends and regular followers and cannot think of a username right now, asked, what is the best piece of advice for your marriage that you got, the worst piece of advice, and the best advice on marriage that you would now give to someone else? They are great questions. I reckon the best piece of advice I got for the wedding, maybe not for marriage overall, but for the wedding that I have also passed on to every single bride and groom since then, is to take a moment at least once, but every time you remember on the day, to go and find your partner and just step back from the crowd and soak it all up because it goes so quickly. It goes so fast. You're actually apart from each other for a lot of it because you're saying hello to all the guests and, you know, for a good part of the night I, I... had no idea where Nick was because we were with family or with friends who had travelled from overseas. So those few times that I remembered to go and grab you, you know, just for us to look at the room and watch everyone, I really appreciated being told to do that because that's how I remember what happened and how special it was. Yeah, that's a good point. My best bit of advice on the wedding part, both of these answers aren't the question, but was from a friend of mine who just got married and they said, don't plan your own wedding, as in don't be the wedding planner on the day or anything like that. Like, So you can just, just turn up and enjoy it and whatever happens, happens. And that was the best because I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, and mm. All these little things that you think about prior to it mean nothing on the day. It's about having all of, all of your people in the one spot and marrying the person that you love and want to be there with. It's not about the colour of your napkin. Yeah, that's another amazing piece of advice I would say is you're not going to remember all the things that you often agonise over for months and months. And obviously it's important and exciting to care about the small details, but if it crosses over into really causing you anxiety and taking the joy out of it, no one's going to remember the cutlery or mm. the exact chairs or you know which way the cucumber was folded on top of your hors d'oeuvres. Like all those small details can take away so much joy. So mm. don't let it sort of you know, go too far into into anxiety. Just make sure you're really, really enjoying it. Yeah. I don't think I got any bad advice. I think for marriage generally, the biggest thing would be everyone's marriage is different. What it takes to make two people happy and to live a beautiful and fulfilling life 
everyone's going to strike a different balance. Like the whole point of Seize the Yay is that your, you know, your pathway and your joy is meant to look different from other people's. So same as career paths and life paths, the right balance of home and work or spending time together versus spending time apart or whatever it is, every couple is going to have different priorities. And also you never know what is going on behind closed doors to know what led them to the decisions they make. So I think just, yeah, like anything else, just put your blinkers on. Like we all have different, you know, what makes one marriage work might not work for another. 100%. I mean, you just got to learn the other person. not be. And I think it all starts a case of you just can't be selfish. And you, I mean, you just got to remember that you're a team. And once you're a team, treat it as a team and it's all, all well and good and you're fine. And I think the best thing that we've ever done as a couple in marriage and also generally is to work on our communication. And I actually, I think I said this in the first episode last year about how the top three things for a successful long-term relationship, one of them was communication. You can combat anything if you can talk about it. And for ages, we had very different love languages and ways of expressing ourselves and You know, if you don't communicate how you're feeling, it just leads to clashes and misunderstandings. But as soon as we learn how to interpret each other's different languages, everyone read the Five Love Languages book. It is absolutely amazing. Nick hasn't read it yet, (laughs) but I have passed on the main messages. But, yeah, working on your communication just gives you the tools and strategies to, yeah, to be able to work through, through anything else that might come your way. Another one from cannot think of a username right now, and Melzi, is there anything about the first year of marriage that took you by surprise, good or bad? Melzi is getting married in 18 months. Congratulations. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for all the couples who can finally press on with their wedding planning. It's such an exciting time. I think what took me by surprise is that it does feel different. Yeah. I mean, we've been together for 10 years. By the time we got married, we'd lived together for eight of those years. You know, I didn't know there was a new level. I thought the next level would be children. But even though nothing day-to-day changes, there's something really special. Like it's it's sort of lovely to say husband or wife and it's like a, a security that even though you knew before, it's just a new level of, I don't know, commitment commitment to each other the thing that took me by surprise in the first year of marriage was a global pandemic that completely changed everything we planned on doing. <laughs> yeah that also <laughs> but it also took me by surprise that we didn't suffer at all from being 24 7 together you know we went from one of us traveling once a week every week last year pretty much to being together every second and we didn't really have a blow up yeah, I mean I there was that, no I think that comes down to friendships as well like mm. best mates so it's fine and also I think having a business together we I mean we ran a business together for five years as business partners we learned to communicate that way as well so mm. Jennifer Apadu asked what's something new you've discovered about each other Ooh, I think my biggest lesson about you is that we have such different thresholds for work-life balance. Mm. Like I have had chronic fatigue, as everyone knows, and I just need more sleep than the average person. Because of anxiety, I need a lot of downtime. I need sloth Sundays. And I think I knew this already, but particularly now spending so much time together, I've just noticed you can just go and go and go and go and go. And 
I'm sort of waiting for you to have a breakdown and, and be like, <laughs> what, what? you know, if I did that, I would totally be incoherent. But you do need your daily coffee run and your drive sort of outside, out of the house to do your calls. But otherwise, your threshold is, yeah, it's pretty high. Mm. And there's only so many times you can hear you in another room going, hey, beautiful people. <laughs> I have turned our bedroom into a recording studio. I love those quotes of the day. What have you learned about me? Anything new? Um, I probably saw, not that I've never doubted your work ethic, but because I see more of how much goes into like every, of what you do. I mean, we've always worked together and I've always respected what you did, but seeing how much work goes into a lot of the stuff you do because I'm seeing you working more during the day, it's been good to see. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Next question. Amber Afik asked, any new pet peeves since marriage? Um, I don't know. I reckon yours about me is that when you're the most tired and you've finished a really long day, Nick has this call every Monday night at 10 p.m. because of the time zones of everyone on the team and I am supposed to go to sleep before the call, but every night when he finishes and he gets back into the room, I'm like, hi, let's chat, let's have a DM. So it's midnight, <laughs> I've worked since 6 a.m. and I've just, I mean, anyone that does a conference call tires you out right? and especially this one everyone's on different energy levels and stuff like that and it, i get into bed and i'm like oh and then i'll turn around and i'm like i say what are you doing i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah i think uh i think your biggest pet peeve of me would be how especially when we're in lockdown and i'm not out doing stuff during the day i have all this energy in the middle of the night <laughs> no you 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 need you the opposite you need you've got no energy because you're exhausted because you're working so hard but you just refuse to go to sleep it's like like a toddler. You're a toddler. <laughs> I am a toddler <laughs> in so many different ways. Oh, my God. <laughs> my biggest pet peeve since marriage, I don't know. I think my pet peeve would only be that you have pet peeves about me oh, and, like, want me to stop being annoying. <laughs> it's very difficult to find a negative thing about you and that's probably my pet peeve oh that's really nice i was about to say that actually mine is probably that you leave your clothes everywhere but i'll take oh, that back <laughs> pot kettle champ pot kettle so before we go any further today, one of my own favourite ways to play TA is to travel and I've been missing it so dearly this year. While overseas travel might be a while away for us all, I can't wait until we can explore domestically and Bannister's Hotel's boutique coastal escapes are right up top of my must-visit list. For my New South Wales listeners, you can even drive yourself to these three stunning locations with white sandy beaches and lush nature surroundings for some coastal R&R or make your visit part of a bigger adventure along the south coast or the Hunter Valley. There's Port Stephens surrounded by native koala habitat, by the sea boasting a cliff-top day spa and pavilion nestled in the heart of coastal Mollymook for the perfect weekend or mid-week getaway. We have such a beautiful backyard to explore and this area is full of wine tastings, award-winning restaurants, shopping and breathtaking beaches. Two locations even have dog-friendly rooms, which Paul was pretty excited to hear. This year has been full on for him too. Not like you need any extra excuses to book in a Bannister's Escape, they're giving the neighbourhood a spa gift whenever you book using the code SEIZETHEYA. Book your escape in now. I'll pop the link in the episode notes.
Next question, Sally Graham asked, what's the most rewarding part of being married? So it's just nice. It's just been able to, it's, it, there's something so different saying wife than girlfriend. Mm. For me, it's that even though everything legally is for like the unit or the partnership from, I think from year two or something in a de facto relationship, you can, you're considered as if you're married, but it's just so lovely that you're officially considered a partnership. Yeah, Like technically everything you're building is something you're doing together for your life as a couple. I just think that's, mm. that's really lovely. Mm. Yeah. Something, something really solid about it. Yeah. And also that I finally, finally have the same surname as my dog at the vet. That's really rewarding <laughs> for me. <laughs> Charlene McEwen asked, what is the hardest thing about being married? And Austin Collins, another dear friend and loyal follower, asked what the biggest challenge has been in our first year. And also Celia McKenzie and Married by Nikki. A lot of people ask that question. I actually haven't really found it that hard. And I think feel like anything I have to that I've answered already, but it's pretty crazy. I think being to, I mean, we've been together for 11 years. It's being married is a title and it's made us it's a, all the positives came from it there's no real it's not like we just started living together or we yeah i think the biggest changes over this has just been lockdown yeah i agree it has the, the challenges haven't been due to being married they've been due to the pandemic yeah totally i also think if you have become business partners if any long-term couples or married couples have already become business partners that process helps you iron out so many more things than other couples have ever had to. So your threshold tolerance for disagreement or exhaustion or just, you know, having your brain somewhere else, you've kind of faced every major barrier that, you know, often married couples would otherwise have to face in their first year. So we did that like five years ago. Now, this is an interesting question. I don't think we've ever been asked this, but Kumari Cloudbear asked, is it true that sex life dies down after marriage? Again, I take it back to the 11 years thing. I mean, marriage didn't change anything like to do with that, I don't think. I think it's just to do with external factors and all that type of stuff. I don't think putting a ring on a finger changes anything to do with sex life. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think in any relationship, you know, really long term or, or like marriage, you know, any long term relationship, of course, your sex life changes because that initial novelty of being together in any relationship is going to change as you get more comfortable with each other. Yeah. I agree. But I also think it gets better because you know each other better. You know what each other likes and what each other doesn't like. And, and so I think it, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, there are definitely times I think most couples have been through a phase where you start to get a bit more familiar with each other and it might take a little dip because you take liberties you wouldn't take at the start when you're exhausted or, or burnt out. You might make a little less effort than you than you would at the beginning. But, but again, I, I completely agree. But I think it's not necessarily related to getting married. I think it's just to do with like a relationship. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like anything. You just need to need to make an effort, need to make time for it and prioritize it if it's important to you and mm. and you know, get your golden retriever out of your bedroom is really a big factor <laughs> for me. <laughs> So heaps of people have asked, this is the question I mentioned before, how do you make time for each other with all your projects? Dean Nino, a Savary Moon, Rachel Devaney, what steps do you take to ensure you separate your work life, your social life and your married life? 
That has only happened by setting boundaries, particularly in lockdown, because we don't have many spaces to go. You know, before our way of doing that was literally going away, as we mentioned, and having holiday time versus at-home working time or going out to dinner or leaving the house to go to a movie. Mm. So that was like rest time versus just sitting at home. But, yeah, it's definitely hard. The other hard thing for Sarah and I is I've got businesses on different time zones. So I've got a lot of very early starts and very late finishes and stuff like that that kind of cut into the personal time. Yeah, we just, I think the week for us is so hard to predict. So it's more like the weekend is our time where we try and really commit to walking the dog without our phones. We do the crossword puzzle. Like we have little traditions of things that we do when we're not in lockdown. We go out for breakfast. And do the crossword we puzzle. We sit and do the crossword puzzle for a couple of hours. <laughs> we just changed to do it in the backyard. So not, you didn't change anything then. But, you know, we know that those are the days that we set aside for reading or doing house renos or, you know, pottering around. Uh, MV Media Lab has another question. Do you help out each other with housework, like cooking, shopping, cleaning, laundry? And if yes, how do you organize who enjoys doing what? That's such an interesting one. I always find it fascinating who ends up doing what in a couple. And I think it comes back again to every couple having different divisions, depending on what suits each person. And it's just, you know, over the years, I think we've fallen into different roles, Mm -hmm. not because of anything other than who's in the right position or who likes doing things more, who's better at it, you know? I just think it gets done. It just gets done. What, magically? No, I mean, like... Like by me. I vacuum just, just as much <laughs> as you and all that type of stuff. No, I know. We're um, really good. But it's also like there's no resentment in doing anything because, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, there's not really a clear delineation. We just kind of both step in. Yeah, whenever. I think it's it's a really good. Nice division. <laughs> mm-hmm. So HIJ underscore asked, how has lockdown been? Leisure Chick asked whether it changed the dynamic of our marriage. And Ash Paholek asked if it revealed anything about the other. I feel like we've kind of covered some of this, but we've generally been very, very lucky to have kept a lot of our work, which has given us a lot of sense of purpose and structure to the day, which has made it a lot easier to stay focused. And we're we're used to spending 24-7 together. So yeah, that's not not really Mm. been a a problem. The the biggest struggle with lockdown for us has more been the... So as you probably noticed, we both work very, very hard and work crazy hours and we do that and not the nine to five because we enjoy the other things like the flexibility to travel and work from anywhere to just go and chuck it in the bucket bucket and go and for me, go and play golf or go for a surf or Mm. just go down the coast or like they sound super, super extravagant, but they're not because I work so hard and I don't have a fixed salary like in the nine to five or holiday pay or all this type of stuff. And I work, the way I work, so I can have that as my rewards. And right now, I don't have any of that. And that's super, super first world problem. But that's been something that's been actually hard in lockdown. Not a case of, if just say lockdown wasn't here, I probably wouldn't do any of that. Yeah. But knowing you can't is really difficult. And also, I mean, I feel really bad for a lot of my clients and customers that are hurting. So I've been helping them out a lot. Um, And our workloads are probably four times what it normally is because of that. Uh, and then a number of clients have gone under and uh, while well, owing a significant number amount of money. And it's, 
I mean, it's not their fault. I mean, no one mm. could have predicted this, and but it's got a run-on effect. I've still got to pay my guys and that mm. stuff. So that has an effect on your relationship and stuff like that as well. But it, the advantage is we've seen each other over 11 years go through ups and downs and stuff like that. So everything we and also I've, I've been through this before. Like, I mean, it's not well, not this obviously, but it. It, everything comes in roundabouts. It'll bounce back. You've just got to try and avoid this negativity that's in the air. By every, every, so much negativity, so much fear. You've just got to kind of put blinkers on and just try and get through it. And we've been together for 11 years, so we know how to read each other. We know how to deal with that type of stuff. And Yeah, I think one of our biggest things has been the whole idea that the trade-off of, yeah, not having the security and stability is the benefit of flexibility. Uh, and so without being able to use that flexibility to blow off steam, it's been really hard to have an incentive to stop working. And I feel like we just spent so much of the past few years learning to really identify the activities that we can do to play TA <laughs> in CZA yeah. language. You know, I've spent so much time figuring out how to how to unwind and what those activities are. And then suddenly we couldn't do any of them. So it's been a really big learning curve to figure out how we find joy again and not just joy, but how we disconnect from work when we're living in our office. Yeah. I I think that's been, Mm. yeah, hard for both of us. Mm. And like Nick said, you know, not being able to travel is such a first world problem, but it's also, we're not necessarily talking going overseas. I mean, it's just anything more than 25 Ks away. Just going to the country and getting some nature and we just love adventure and it's such a shared common love of something we love to do together and a way we express ourselves as a couple. So, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. And this that the, my answer sounded very, very personal problem and very much personal, but it was more a personal response to it. I mean, if you look at businesses, I mean, our business in America got just hurt so hard by department stores closing. We've got a cafe that, I mean, anyone that has seen anything to do with the hospitality industry knows what that situation is like. And a lot of our clients are fitness and that, again, so we've been hit hard by it, but it's more a case of what the personal deprivation of the, the reason I work the way I do mm. has been the hardest part, in my opinion, way harder than any financial loss. Yeah. Sarmak01 and Alicia Renee asked, when did you know they were the one? And McGarvey, Emily asked, first impression of each other. Uh, well, I, I thought you were the one very early just because of how well we got along. I could quite easily see myself spending my life with you because we were friends straight away. I mean, obviously I was very attracted to you, but I mean, it's more a case of like, it's our, we were best friends from like day one. The fact that I went away for six weeks after we'd been together for half that time (laughs) and we spoke every day Mm -hmm. and that was when there was no roaming or anything on your phone. I had to actually call you from a payphone with those international calling cards that had credit on them. Do you remember those? (laughs) (laughs) I spent so much money calling you. But I think, you know, when I wanted to call you every single day, I was like, oh, that's weird. It was kind of (laughs) good. Good decision. <laughs> yeah, and look, really, like I, I didn't think that it was going to be a thing after China. Like, I, but then every day I wanted to call you or talk to you, and I mean, it is what it is. Uh, mm. Jessica Baby asked another interesting question, which we've also never been asked before. I don't think. Have you ever come close to breaking up? We were going to break up before we went to Paris. 
Yeah, so I had two exchanges when I was at uni and when we first met. It was the worst timing for a relationship. (laughs) I had studied languages in my arts degree, in the arts side of my arts law degree, and I had an exchange in China, the first one that we talked about. So six weeks after we met together for three weeks, then I came home. We had like five months together, but then I we already knew I was going away to study in Paris for six or seven months. So <laughs> it was a recipe for disaster in terms of a long-term relationship and I was so And, you, and we'd both gotten out of a long-term relationship like. And I was going to Europe. I was like, I'm going on exchange in Europe. I want to be single. <laughs> and then you turned up at the airport and I was like, mm. oh, I think that was actually probably the moment where I thought, oh, we're, we're going to make it through this. He's come all the way here. Yeah. So we came close to breaking up then. I mean, I don't even know if we were kind of Facebook official before I left, so maybe we couldn't even have broken up. But, yeah, I, I was so hesitant and I think over 11 years, if you haven't come close to breaking up at some point. You haven't pushed the boundaries enough. Mm. Yeah. Or if you haven't, I mean, it's probably something that you, you might encounter. And that's what makes you stronger, though. Mm. It's going through those phases where all the toughest times of our relationship has made us who we are. It's not when it was cruisy. It's when it was harder. And it made us not just not just be in a relationship because we've wanted the comfort or the familiarity or the habit. We It gives you a chance to choose to be where you are and choose to work on it. And of course, over 11 years, there's been really hard stuff to work through. We've been through so many different chapters. I mean, I was a uni student when we first met. I've been through so many careers since then. Of course, we've changed as people in that time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean you were, what, 2019. Yeah, like it's so natural for you to change who you are and kind of veer away from each other and back together and then you either choose to to come back together or you don't and we've just consistently evolved in compatible ways in in ways that then we've chosen to kind of make it work and mm. yeah. And we've done the work as well. Yeah. I mean- yeah, we love therapy. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh my gosh, Laura J eight nine eight. How to work as a team and compromise. Hmm. I think sometimes. I mean, I even as a staunch feminist in some areas, I think that doesn't preclude acknowledging that you're in a partnership, and yeah, it's important that if you're going to live as a team, you live your life as a team, and you have to compromise to make sure that both of your needs are getting met you know you can be an independent woman and have your own career and your independent identity but you also have an identity within your relationship and that does involve making compromises I mean not anti-feminist compromises but I just mean mm-hmm. like in any relationship including friendships there's give and take and just having so much empathy and patience for each other and being able to compromise on what you want most or need sometimes so that you can both get a little bit of what you want or need. Or I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Married by Nikki, three tips for maintaining a healthy and happy relationship. Get a golden retriever and call him Paul, number one. <laughs> uh, just always open communication. Yeah, I think... Open communication is really hard. It's hard to say stuff that might hurt the other one or that you think is inconvenient or that will cause change and, and sort of chaos. And I mean, I'm, I'm a self-sacrificer in all my relationships and it, it isn't always good for me. So I've had to learn to to say things I don't want to say sometimes. But I think the more open we've been with communication, the the better we've been. Yeah. And, and also remember that everyone's different. So the way 
everyone's personality is different. Everyone's triggers are different. Everyone's way with dealing with an argument and like everyone's way of dealing with sorrow or happiness or all this type of stuff is different. And you just got to learn what the other person's is. I mean, Sarah and I are very, very different, like very, very different. So we, the way that we, if we have an argument, the way I react half an hour later after it's sorted versus the way Sarah does is different. I can be like, hey, and all bubbly half an hour later. It takes Sarah at least three to six weeks. And <laughs> it, so you've just got to deal with it. I mean, it's just got to understand everyone's different, like, it, mm. and not necessarily change, but work out it's compromise. Everything's got to be compromised. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll just fall apart. And I think the third thing that's helped us enormously is that we're friends as well. Like a lot of couples aren't friends. They don't put time into being friends. And if you have a friendship, I mean, other things like passion and lust and all those things, they're more fleeting. Fade. Yeah. So true friendship and love and respect for each other, you know, our friendship is first. Like most of the time we're just cackling hysterically like best mates. and. Mm. And that's how we started, just like laughing and, and being stupid. And mm. I think we've both allowed each other to shed all the layers of people we were trying to be when we first met each other, which is part of being, you know, in your 20s. And yeah. and like you spend a lot of your time in your life being someone else, but we've both allowed each other and given each other permission to be our true weird selves. <laughs> I put a quote, a Dr. Seuss quote on Instagram the other day about falling in mutual weirdness. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> and uh, one of the last questions, what do you love most about each other? I love your sense of humour. I love that you have single-handedly opened my eyes to spontaneity and adventure when I used to be a very, very rigid, certainty-loving, legal-brained person. And I love the way that your friends speak about you that you're such a giving and generous friend. Hearing your speeches about you at our wedding, just it just made me so proud of you. Oh, it's very nice. I love um, your brain and is very, very incredible. I mean, people that don't know you that well don't realise just how intelligent you are because you're so bubbly and like play up to the silly things you do rather than understanding just how incredibly intelligent you are. Um your empathy is incredible to a fault, which I love about you and also want to strangle you because of it sometimes because I'm like, <laughs> you're so like you can't deal with someone, any of our friends that are either upset about something, they know that Sarah's there for them and me obviously, but like it's a case of my empathy goes, I want to try and help them and help them fix something or do it, whereas you take it on as such like a, you take it on as like your pain sometimes as well. Like, and it's quite, it's quite a beautiful thing. And the last thing which I love and hate about you is your <laughs> silly self and your weirdness and your, um, our weirdness and your energy because I love it because it is just amazing, but I hate it because your energy one day is like, and then the next day, like I'm going to sleep and it's always going to sleep when I need you to help do something in the yard. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I love I love it about you've got the yeah. And I think that's why we're so beautifully matched. 
Oh, that's a beautiful way to end our anniversary episode. Among all the bagging each other out, we clearly have some lovely things to say as well. That was so nice. Thank you guys so much again for giving us a reason to do it, for submitting your questions, for joining and for always just being such a wonderful part of the neighborhood. I'm so excited for the next couple of weeks, what we have coming out for the festive season, the next couple of episodes that we've got lined up. So stay tuned as always. Hope you guys are having a a wonderful day and seizing your yay. 